You're listening to episode 105 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. Even though today's April Fool's Day, there are no tricks in this episode, I'm honestly not clever enough for that. But today's guest is such a treat. I love the energy that was ever so present within our conversation. Julie Ryan is a medical intuitive. She can sense what medical conditions and illnesses a person has. She facilitates energetic healings, sees energy fields, and can communicate with spirits both alive and dead. And if that's not impressive enough, I love the section on her website that says, although the medical intuitive aspect of my life has been an amazing side interest, I'm basically a businesswoman, an inventor, an author, and a serial entrepreneur. During my 35-year career, I've invented surgical devices that are sold throughout the world and founded several companies in the medical, natural gas, advertising, long-term care, compliance, and data breach prevention industries. I'm telling you, this week's combo is a goodie. This week's episode is sponsored by Spiritually Seeking. When you head over to spiritually-seeking.com and use the promo code PODCAST, you'll receive 10% off your order. If you're looking for some quick guidance, you can score a personalized card reading or even a one-on-one private spiritual guidance session with yours truly. If you want to dive deeper into self-awareness, check out the personalized numerology report. It's all available for you at spirituallyseeking.com. Remember that spiritually is followed by a dash seeking.com and use the promo code podcast. Are you ready to meet Julie? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up. Let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Another episode. Today I'm joined by Julie Ryan. Julie is a serial entrepreneur, psychic, and medical intuitive. Hey, Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm honored to be on your show. We were having a great talk before I even hit record, but you know, I'm just happy that Liz Carlisle from Motherhood Unstressed connected us when Liz messaged me. She said, you have got to talk to Julie. She blew my mind. And I don't even think I had a slight hesitation to just send you a message and just went for it. So color me curious straight off the bat, but how did you go from being an inventor and businesswoman to shifting into the psychic and medical intuitive field? Well, I... Interestingly enough, I tell people I'm a businesswoman that learned how to do woo-woo and I'm a buffet of psychicness. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) People say, what do you do? I say, well, I do woo-woo. They say, well, what the heck does that mean? (laughs) You know, they tell you to come up with an elevator pitch. That's my elevator pitch about what I do. As you mentioned, I'm a... I'm an inventor of surgical devices sold throughout the world, some of which have been on the market for 30 years this year. Wow. And, and I have founded nine companies in five industries. So that makes me a serial entrepreneur. Heck yeah, rocking yeah. it. Yeah. And about, Lauren, about, oh gosh, 26, 27 years ago, I had a friend give me a book called Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace, hmm. PhD. And she calls herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? Because I'd been in the hospital supply industry for quite a while at that point. And, and I had never heard that term before. 
And so I read her book and I wanted to know more. And back then we didn't have the internet yet. And we did certainly didn't have Amazon yet. Right. And so I did the old fashioned thing, Lauren. I went to a bookstore, went to Barnes <gasps> yes. and Noble, and I found a book. You know, when you go in a bookstore looking for something on a topic and a book seems to really catch your attention. Mm, yeah. Just almost that, jumps up out at you. Exactly. That's what happened to me. And a book called Hands of Light by mm. Barbara Brennan, PhD, another PhD, caught my attention. And she's a former NASA physicist who parlayed very complex quantum physics principles and concepts into understandable English for the non-scientific mind. That would be me. Yeah, me too. And (laughs) so I read her book and she talked about energy fields and how to heal. And obviously I'd been interested on how to heal people because I was inventing products to help them heal for, right. that was that were being used in surgery. And I've been selling hospital supplies. That's all about people get, helping people mm. get better. Mm-hmm. But I'd never thought about energy healing at that point. I knew about acupressure and acupuncture, but I never really gave it that much thought. Certainly, I was familiar from the outside on that. And so I called her school when I was done reading her book. And I said, do you guys have anybody in my area that's teaching this stuff? And sure enough, they said, yeah, we have a graduate who just opened a school. And so I studied with her for six years. And the first three years were called Auric Healing, which is energy field healing. And then the second three years is, is it was a course called Kabbalistic Healing, the Kabbalah, mm-hmm. which is Jewish mm-hmm. mysticism. And it's all about how to use, again, energy to heal. And a lot of scholars believe that when Jesus, you know how the Bible, the New Testament goes from Jesus at at about the age of 12 and then starts back up when he's 30. Right. It skips those like the lost years, right? You're thinking, okay, well, what happened, you know, between all of those years? And there are several schools of thought and scholars who believe that Jesus was in Egypt and other places close by and was learning this Kabbalah healing, Jewish Mm. mysticism. And it's so powerful that it was only taught to rabbis over 40 who were married. And I was under 40 and I was married and I was a woman and I was Catholic. So I didn't (laughs) get that bill. Right. But, But I learned the techniques and it's all about the transfer of energy and utilizing energy fields. And for me at this stage, it's about it's about spirit working through me to mm. help help people heal, help communicate with spirit, help diagnose things. And uh, when I say I'm a buffet of psychicness, it's really true. I learned how to connect with spirit, which allows me to scan people medically, scan animals, your pets. If you've got a dog that's sick or a cat that's sick, I can scan them anywhere in so the world. Cool. 99.9% so cool. <laughs> of the people that I scan are not. I'm not with them right. on the phone or via Skype or Zoom if they're abroad. Mm. I can't facilitate energetic healings. We can talk to your dead grandma. We can talk to your dead cat. We can do past lifestyle. <laughs> we can talk to your spirit guides. We can talk to your angels. We can, you know, get just information from God, the universe, your guides on whatever. On wow. I have a show that's a weekly podcast that I 
I record every Thursday night and people call in from all over and they ask just this huge array of questions. Can you scan my cat? Can I talk to my, you know, deceased loved one? Can you scan me? Is it in my best interest to move? Is it in my best interest to take this job? It's just so much fun. Oh my goodness. It's similar, Lauren, to I believe if we can teach somebody to read, if we can teach a person to read, they can access any information in the written word Mm. anywhere. If we can teach somebody in the same vein to communicate with spirit, again, they can access any information. They connect with any spirit attached to a body or not. So who do you want to talk to? You don't want to talk to Mother Teresa or Napoleon or Henry VIII or whoever, (laughs) we we just pull them in and we talk to them. And that's what I teach in my classes. I teach people from all over the world how to do what I do. That is so cool. So has there, you're like saying, you know, you could talk to anyone. Has there been anyone that someone's trying to communicate to and they're just like, no, I don't want to talk? Nope. Really? Never. In almost 30 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh, I, I feel like now my questions are all over the place, but let's go back to being medical intuitive because I think this yeah. is just really cool. So That's what most people, if they schedule an appointment with me, I do private appointments all day long. Yeah, because- like Five days a week. And they're calling me because they've been to multiple doctors or their child has, and they've had multiple diagnoses and multiple treatment plans, and it's just not working. And especially I talk to a lot of moms with little kids who can't communicate, especially if they're nonverbal yet. Mm, yeah. They can't communicate what hurts or what's wrong or what's going on. And so it's not unusual that I'll get a text from a, now, now I'm old enough that my my friends and I all have grandchildren. I have step-grandchildren and several of my friends have grandchildren. So I'll get a text like, you know, Susie is running a tub and we don't know what's wrong with her. And she's, she's 14 months old and she can't tell me what hurts. And can you scan her? And she's in Poughkeepsie and I'm in Alabama. So I'll scan her real fast. And then, and then, uh, tell mom what's going on. And then I'll watch an energetic healing. Whenever I scan anybody medically, there's always an energetic healing that happens, Lauren. Mm. And it's really fantastic to watch because I'm seeing all this stuff in my head, in my mind's eye. And the healings can be something gets added, something gets removed. I watch procedures energetically all the time that emulate what I saw in operating rooms and other departments of hospitals for all those years I was in that business. Mm -hmm. I also see healings occur utilizing methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. Wow. And regardless of what I'm seeing in my mind's eye, I'm very descriptive with the person with whom I'm working because I want them to envision or at least get a sense of what I'm what I'm seeing in my head because it helps integrate it into the body right? because the body's always going to believe what the brain shows it. Even if the brain doesn't believe it, the body's going to follow kind of like if you've ever watched a scary movie and you know, it's pretend, you know, (laughs) it's make believe, but your heart might feel like it's going to jump out of your chest at any moment. (laughs) Yeah. Same concept. Mm, I mean, that makes so much sense. Uh I think what everyone's listening right now is probably wondering what I'm wondering. What do you see though? So let's say you're scanning someone's body. What are you seeing like their energetic body? 
And are, are there like colors associated that you have with it for like different chakras or what does it look like to you? Oh, it's like an x-ray or a CT scan or an MRI. Okay. I mean, I see broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infection. My brother, my older brother has pneumonia. And he said they gave him a bunch of antibiotics. I said, well, that's good if you get a secondary infection, but this is viral. <laughs> I scanned wow. him, of course, as soon as I got him on the phone and was talking to him and found out he had pneumonia. And I said, oftentimes it'll go into a bacterial infection. I can tell what wow. is what. I can see today I worked with a mom whose son is a heroin addict in mm. Seattle. And I'm in Birmingham, Alabama, so I'm scanning him remotely, obviously, as I do most people. And his liver, as you can imagine, looked awful. It right. was diseased. It was not functioning well. So I watched stem cell energy, energy generate a new liver for mm. him in his healing. And then I've had that happen multiple times where the organ that's regenerated shows up on scans, subsequent scans in the doctor's office. And Lauren, I've even had doctors call me and say, okay, now what is this you're doing with my patient and how does this work? Wow. I'll explain it to them. So it's, yeah, it's really fantastic. I oftentimes will see a broken bone and I'll tell the person, and a lot of times it's with kids. Johnny fell off the swing and he's holding his right arm. Can you scan him? This happened with, with my grandson, my step-grandson, Sam, when he was four, fell off the swing, holding his right arm. His mom called me and I said, he's got a break. It's above his elbow. Um, I'll meet you at Children's Hospital. And so I did, Lauren, and we walked in the room and when the tech walked in the room, she said, my, my son fell off the swing, said his arm's broken. She told him where it was broken. And, and this tech looked at her and me like we had just landed yeah. from Mars. Right. I'm sure. She's very oh, yeah. like, how do you know? Like, like okay. Yeah, right. Right. So <laughs> they took the x-ray and guess what? That's right, right above the elbow. Right where the break oh, was. Oh my so, gosh. So yeah. So I see, I see body parts. It's like I'm mm. a human MRI mm. and I watch these healings occur and the ones that, that the devices and methodologies haven't been invented yet, I have amassed kind of an advisory board of doctors and surgeons and scientists and geneticists and people like that. And I'll call them if I see a healing multiple times that right. I, I don't know what it is. And I, it, like one time I saw one with DNA. The first time I saw that, I saw DNA get fixed. I saw the mutation get corrected. So I called a renowned, world-renowned geneticist buddy of mine. I said, what am I seeing? I knew it was DNA. Yeah. He said, um, well, this is a hypothesis. There are five centers in, five uh, research centers in the world studying it. Nobody's seen it. Nobody can prove it. And there's no way in hell you would know about it. And I wow. said, well, obviously I do because I just described it. <laughs> and so now I see it all the time. Wow. I see it a lot with cancer patients. I see it a lot with people that have um, other, you know, like degenerative diseases or, or even, even viral infections. Like if somebody has a herpes virus, you know, we mm. can remove the herpes virus. We can do a healing on the DNA so that we take the DNA and we put it back to its, you know, its proper recipe. The DNA is the recipe that tells the cells how to behave. Right. And viruses can change that. So it's really just such an honor and a privilege and fun 
to work with people uh, all across the world to do this work. Healing and changing lives all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is what I teach my students to do. We do an online class. And um, right now I'm finishing up a class. It's four Saturdays for two hours on a Saturday. And I I have uh, 12 people in four countries. That is so cool. And so they can do what I do. Certainly with practice, you know, your skill sets are going to improve. I I could teach you to to play the piano, but it doesn't mean you're going to be a concert pianist after a month. Right. But it's, uh, they have the basics. If you have the basics, then you can take it wherever you want to go. Yeah. And you had said that you were even studying for six years. Oh yeah. Six years. So that's not, I mean, that's like going to a formal school at that point, Uh, you know, going to university and getting a master's and starting your PhD at that point. Well, I spent enough money um, learning how to do all this stuff that it is the equivalent of getting a doctorate. But, but after almost 30 years of doing it, you know, like anything, we know more after we do it. So I have streamlined it. Mm. into a very concise method where uh, everybody can do what I learned to do. And I just, I just teach it. And everybody, when they're done with the class, they can take it whatever they, wherever they want. But it's, imagine, Lauren, if you had the ability to communicate with spirit and get direction or get advice on absolutely anything you wanted to know at yeah. any time on any subject. Now that is like a, a tool that you want to have in your toolbox. <laughs> exactly. So you yeah. can use it for, for family, for medical stuff, for fun stuff, for, mm. you know, for business, for love life, for whatever. Yeah. I assume too that you are able to, to scan yourself if there's a medical problem. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I do you oftentimes like, are you able to catch something and like be like more proactive about it? Yes. Absolutely. And I, I, if I have to go to the doctor for something, and certainly what I believe on the medical side of the equation, the work that I do, I believe that it complements mm. Western medicine as we know it. So if you have a broken arm, yes, I'll do a healing on you, but yes, I want you to go to the skin. <laughs> right. Orthopedic guy. Right. They're going to have to reset that. Yeah. yeah your arm set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that kind of a thing. If you're, you know, if you're bleeding, go get stitches mm. kind of a thing. And, and I am able to work. I work with a lot of doctors around the world who will send their patients to me when they can't figure out a diagnosis or they'll contact me and they'll say, this is what I'm thinking. I've run these tests. Um, here's what I, where I'm leaning. Nothing's really definitive. What do you think? And so it's really, like I said, it's an honor and a privilege to help with that. And yes, on my own body, I can do healings. And then my mentor, who's almost 80 now, she is the only, I zap on people all over the world, Lord. She's the only one that zaps on me. Wow. Yeah. So I see her once a month and I drive, I drive six hours round trip in a day to spend an hour with her. That is so cool. Yeah, that is so cool, and and how cool that she's still doing this. <laughs> you know, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, Absolutely. a lifer. Um, you know, our listeners themselves have been craving some more information on past lives. Okay, um, and it was funny because we we kind of touched on a past life episode and got. We, dipped our toes into it. And uh-huh. um, actually one of my mentors, he was just like, 
listened to the episode and, and he said uh, basically that he is pretty sure he, he knows of one of his past lives. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I knew you were coming on, I sent him an email and I was like, all right, what questions you got? Because <laughs> I, know, I know you have a couple lined up. So one of his first questions was, how many lives may we have previous lived, previously lived? Is there like a set amount? Like you've only lived? No, hundreds, if not thousands. Really? Oh yeah. Lots. Past lives are so much fun, Lauren. Oh my gosh. They are so much fun because we get information that a lot of the time can be verified online with historical documents. I have so many stories for you about past life stuff. And, oh my goodness. And it's really fun. And then if we get a past life, if we, when we get information on a past life, then I always correlate it with, okay, how does this connect or how does this relate to the life that this person is currently living? For instance, let me give you a quick example. I'm working with a man who has metastasized uh, cancer, started mm-hmm. out as prostate, and it's all over. And he's going through treatments with that. And he is the CEO of a public, publicly traded company. Wow. Big company with a lot of employees. And so we got this past life thing that came up with him. And he was in this lifetime, it was in the late 1700s. He was a British naval admiral, mm. was an admiral in the Royal Navy. And he was best known. We got his name. We got what the year was. We got that there was this battle with the French, some naval battle in the late 1700s that he was really well known for because he was commander of the Atlantic fleet for His Majesty's Royal Navy. I'm assuming there was a king in place at the time. And so I got, okay, fine. And then I got, well, how, I asked the question, how does this relate with what's going on in his current life? And the information I received was he's so used to commanding, being the guy who's calling the shots. I mean, certainly as the CEO of a publicly traded company, he better be calling something. (laughs) Exactly. But that he's really good at organizing, at leading. He's not so good at receiving. Mm. And this illness is forcing him to receive, receive from his caregivers, his doctors, his other caregivers receive from his wife, receive from his family. It's bringing him to his knees, literally, from a medical standpoint, so that he can learn to receive. Mm. And so afterwards, we Googled, of course, the name of the admiral in the battle. Oh, no, American naval history, let alone British or French. (laughs) All that stuff, all, all of it came up his name, his rank, he was commander of the Atlantic fleet, blah, 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 all of it. It was just wild. My gosh. And so when we do past life stuff and we connect it or we correlate it with what's going on in the person's current life, there's always information that comes in that's useful. Mm. That like what I got with this client that, okay, this is all part of your journey this round to help you learn to receive. Because you're so good at taking care of everybody and everything, but you don't let others in. And I think it's really um, a good metaphor for women in general. We're all really good at taking care of our families and our business and our homes and our pets and our whatever. And and we're not as good at receiving as we are at giving. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. And is that, I feel like then when you're, when your soul like meets your body, then it does it already know its purpose beforehand. Like, Hey, in this lifetime, you've got to learn how to receive like, do yeah. You- yeah. yeah, we we all choose where we're born, when we're born, to whom we're born, so that our lives have a basic trajectory so that we can explore whatever it is we want to explore in this lifetime. And it's a it's a basic script like I want to learn to receive. Mm-hmm. So I have a friend who says life is the crossroads of destiny and free will. Mm-hmm. So I want to learn how to receive can take a bazillion different ways right yeah. different different routes you can learn to receive a million different ways yeah this guy chose to be a commander again and to get sick so that he would be forced to receive oh. that way and what i see interestingly enough lauren about past lives is that there's a main script that will go through multiple subsequent lifetimes. Mm. And then we'll look at that script from different perspectives. Again, let's say you want to be a, um, you want to be a teacher. Well, you might be a teacher in a school. You might be a teacher like me that's doing it online. You know, there are a million different things you can teach. I was a teacher when I owned my medical device manufacturing company because I had to teach people how to use these products that I dreamt up and teach them through marketing and teach the sales reps who then in turn taught the surgeons who then in turn taught the techs. And, you know, I mean, it's, there are a million different ways that you can do that. And I talk in analogies a lot because I believe it helps give our human minds the opportunity to have some kind of sense yeah. of spiritual stuff. And an, an analogy I use for past lives a lot is the movie, A Star is Born with Lady Gaga and Bradley yes. Cooper that was out a couple of years ago. Yes. That was a fourth remake of the same script. <laughs> different timeline. Different timeline, yeah. Different actors different cast of characters a little a few new nuances because of the timeline change but the same basic script so our all of our lives are like that we want to explore things so we're looking at from different looking at it from different perspectives you're a mom in this lifetime perhaps you were a um you know I don't know, perhaps you were a mom in another lifetime that you weren't able to have kids. Right. And so in this lifetime, you wanted to choose to have kids to see what that was like. And then maybe in another lifetime, you're going to come back and you're going to help moms become moms. I mean, who knows? But we look at it from a bunch of different perspectives. Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah. And and, in, in our past lives, I assume like we're not always the same gender. Then, right? No, 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 no. Masculine or feminine. Right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's really interesting to remember too is that time is a human concoction. There right. is no time, linear time as we understand it. There is no time in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. So a hundred years in our reality is a long time. In the spirit world, a hundred thousand years may not even be a blip on the radar screen because time doesn't exist. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes so much sense. It makes sense to me. I hope it makes sense to everyone listening, but it definitely resonates with me. Is there, okay, so 
if you were to look at a picture or have an experience and it's almost like your soul recognizes it, almost like a deja vu moment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how do you recognize that from deja vu to, hey, that's something I connected with in a past life? For an example, I, I guess it was two years ago, two or three years ago, went to Prague, had never been there before. Uh-huh. Ended up, I, don't, I really don't know how this happened in my life. I'm still, it's like one of those things you're like, this was not really me living this life, but stayed in a palace provided by a client. And yeah. at some point I was walking with my friend and we were walking down the stairs and I had then learned that the, the palace that we were in is where Mozart conducted. Oh. And he had written so many of, of his music. And as we're walking down these stairs, I looked at her and I said, I've been here before. Mm-hmm. Like it felt so familiar to me and it's really weird, but I swear I was royal in my, in a mm-hmm. past life. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was almost like not even as if I'd walked down those stairs as a guest, but like I knew walking down those stairs as a child, like it mm-hmm. was like, that was home in a sense, maybe mm-hmm. not in that exact place, but the mm-hmm. familiarity of the surroundings. I get that you, that you had lifetimes in, in what we know as Prague uh, 17 lifetimes Mm. there. So that makes tons of sense. The other thing is when you have those feelings, you know, there's more to the equation than it's just your brain playing a trick on you. I mean, your spirit knows, you know, intuitively that it makes sense. And, and so it's fun to explore that in doing past lives. I have a client who's from Miami and she's an Italian gal and she was living in London. She's a flight attendant and she called me because she was having uh, issues with finding a man who would commit to her. She said, I keep choosing these men who won't commit and it's driving me nuts. She goes, they're all great, but there's some reason why they won't come in. She said, what is up with that? Is there a past life thing? And so we got a past life for her where she had been a geisha in Kyoto, Japan. Interesting. And geishas, as you probably know, have a man that sponsors them who normally is married with his own family, but this is the geishas on the side kind of a thing. So that made sense. And she said, oh my God, when I said Kyoto, Japan, and I said, what? And she said, I used to fly for ANA Airlines, which is all Nippon Airlines, the Japanese airline. And she said, my training was in Kyoto. And when I got to Kyoto, I felt, she said, all the cherry blossoms were in bloom. It was in the spring. And I knew I'd been there before. My legs are vibrating telling you this story, which is just validation. My, that my hands are on like fire right now. Yeah, really yeah. So which I'm is like, validation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, is, this is authentic. Yeah. And she said the first day of the training, they broke for lunch and they were in the cafeteria. And she said, I'm an Italian girl. What do I know with chopsticks? Yeah. Said, I've never even held chopsticks, let alone <laughs> tried to use them. She said, I use them perfectly so perfectly that the girls who were with her who were Japanese said, how do you know how to use chopsticks? You use them better than we do. And we've used them our whole lives. She Whoa. said, I knew how to use them. Whoa. So that, that's a fun story with past lives. I mean, I got millions of stories like that. And it's, yeah. and it's how I do past lives is different, Lauren, than most people. Because what I do is I imagine myself, again, I've got a movie going in my head. Right. I imagine myself in this endless hallway with really tall ceiling, ceilings, like 40 feet tall, 40 foot tall ceilings or more. And this hallway is really narrow. And in the hallway 
are um, the walls are lined with 12 inch by 12 inch mirrors mm. and each mirror represents a different lifetime and it's never the the hallway is doesn't end so that gives you an idea how many lifetimes there are yeah and i'll ask a question for instance this client who's the flight attendant she wanted to know why she she was choosing these men who wouldn't commit yeah for various reasons. And so I asked the question. And so what happens when I ask the question, I'm standing in this hallway is the mirrors that correspond with a lifetime that correlates with that question come out from the wall as if they're on a hydraulic arm. And then I say, show me the one that correlates the most. That one will come out the furthest. And then I'll envision myself walking into it and I'm going to be shown a scene like what I saw with her as a geisha. And I got the year, I think it, I think it was in the twenties, actually the 1920s mm. was the year. It's really fun. Past life stuff's really fun. How soon can like our soul kind of reincarnate after it's passed from this life? Like how? Instantly. 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 And there are lots of schools of thought that, that we live multiple lifetimes all at the same time. Because again, if time doesn't exist in the right. spirit world, right? And we're we're trying to take spirit world stuff and have it make sense to us in our human minds what we can comprehend what our frame of reference is but if time doesn't exist in the spirit world there's no reason to say that multiple lifetimes are happening at the same time yeah and and that would still make sense as to why you could connect with that person after they've passed from this 3D world um if time well, is almost non existent how I connect with the person is every spirit, we're all spirits attached to a body having a human experience and the body has mass. So it makes the spirit vibrate more slowly mm-hmm. just because the body has mass. So it would be the equivalent of trying to run an electrical current through a bowl of pudding. It's going to slow it down. Because <laughs> right. It's got mass, right? So when I raise, and this is what I teach people in my, that take my class, when I raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit, I'm able to communicate with any spirit that's ever lived, that ever, you know, is attached to a body that isn't attached to a body. It doesn't matter. It's all energy. Everything's made out of energy. And every spirit has a frequency, has its own frequency, like a radio station that it's broadcasting on. Yeah. You know how when you're in the car and you're on 94.7 and that's jazz, and then you turn to 92.1 and it's classic music. Every, every spirit has a frequency that's like its broadcast channel. And that frequency stays with that spirit for eternity. Always has been, always will be. So whoever we, it doesn't matter. Who do you want to connect with? As soon as you think of that person, either alive or dead, that tunes you to their frequency, you plug in their radio station and you can communicate with them. And you're communicating with their spirit. So it doesn't matter what lifetime they're in. It's still the same frequency for that spirit. Now that makes sense. That, and I like that you broke it down that way because as yeah. I'm seeing, I'm like, okay, you're turning the knob. <laughs> like, yeah, trying, exactly. Trying to tune exactly. it in. And I, I think just to revert one, one second back to past lives. So when you're channeling, you're seeing all these mirrors and this long hallway, that means that the person that you are talking to your client it's not hypnosis then, right? No, no, no. Right. So that's where it differs. Yeah. I do what I call 
past life scans. Mm, okay. And so we do, but no, it's totally different. I've never talked to anybody that does it this way. Yeah. It just, it just came into me this way. Even though I did all that schooling, it was a foundation. It was a place to start, but I've come up with my, my own methodologies and techniques throughout the years and they come into me and it's as if the longer I do this work, the higher vibration levels I can reach and the more sophisticated the healings are and the more sophisticated uh, some of the different things that I'm able to witness are. And so when I'm teaching my class again, I, I am really adamant with my students about this is this is how I do a medical scan. This is how I do a past life thing. It's a place for you to start if you want to start here, but you're going to come up with your own techniques and let it flow. Mm. It would be, an analogy would be a child in school when they're learning to write who's left-handed and back in the day, the teachers would make them write with their right hand. Yeah. Cause it, why? The left, right, right. Why do you, why does it matter? Who cares? Mm. So as you know, we all come in and we have our ways that we learn. I'm a visual learner. So information comes to me visually first. Mm. If I'm at a party and I, and I meet somebody, if I see their name, I'm going to remember it. If I hear their name, I have to envision seeing their name in my head or I'm not going to remember it within 10 seconds of hearing their name because right. I'm a visual learner. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> somebody who's an audio auditory learner is going to learn by hearing. Somebody who's a kinesthetic learner is going to learn by feeling. My teacher, my mentor is kinesthetic. She doesn't see stuff. Ah. She feels stuff. Ah. So I'm really adamant with my students about let it come in at how it's natural. And a way to tell what kind of learner you are, Lauren, is to ask, and it, it's fun to do even with your kids, ask a memory question. Hmm. Because when you say, for instance, like with you, what do you remember about your first car? What's the first thing that comes in your head? Oh, I can see it instantly. Like I can see my car. What's it look like? Oh, it, it's, uh, it's well, I, I kind of teeter between when people ask me my first car, I, I actually see two cars at the same time because my true first car I wrecked. So I didn't have it for more than, I don't know, a month. So then yeah. my, my car after that, it was, um, it was beige. It was a beige SUV Azuzu Trooper. Right. So you're giving me a visual answer. So, yeah. at, you know, when you've got kids, you're not going to ask them about their first car, but you can ask them about what do you remember about your first bike or what do you remember about your first doll or whatever. And, uh, and they're going to give you a visual cue if they're a, a visual answer, if they're a visual learner. For instance, on the car question, if it's somebody who's a, an auditory learner, they're going to say, oh, that car purred like a kitten. That thing ah, was yeah. the sweetest sounding car. They're going to give you an auditory answer. If they're a kinesthetic learner, they're going to give you an answer like, oh my God, that car had the smoothest ride of any car I've ever ridden in. Right. And the other thing is you can watch what happens with the person's eyes. A visual learner is going to look up to remember. An auditory learner is going to look side to side to remember. And a kinesthetic learner is going to look down and to the left, usually sometimes just down or sometimes to the right, but it's usually down to, um, to recall 
what the well, memory is. Yeah, it's interesting that you just said that because I I actually noticed that when you asked me that question, it's if my eyes went up to like my third yeah. eye, like like yeah. all right, what am I seeing? Like what yeah. what did that car look like? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and and that that comes in so handy mm. whenever you're talking to somebody, especially in business. I mean, it's like secret spidey senses. <laughs> if you yeah. if you are talking to somebody and you ask them a memory question and you watch what their eyes do. Do, and you also pay attention to how they answer that question, you're going to know how they process information. So if you're talking to a, a visual potential customer, for instance, and I use this in business all the time, and I used to teach my reps to do this, you know, you want to say, oh my gosh, can't you just see how excited everybody's going to be when that new whatever arrives and it shows up on the dock and everybody's, you know, watching it get unpacked. If it's an auditory learner, can't you just hear how excited everybody's going to be? If it's a kinesthetic learner, you say, can't you just feel the excitement when that new piece of equipment shows up or whatever? Right. So you can talk to people in a language that they can hear. I'm a sorority advisor at the University of Alabama. And so I teach my girls this. And I say, use this when you're going out with, a, with your dates, you know, if you're with a new guy. Oh, my goodness. Pay attention to how he learns. <laughs> my younger cousin is attending the University of Alabama right now. So <laughs> there you go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that you know, is it's so like cool. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. I love that. And it's not like something that you really have to – I mean, it's just a, a small cue that someone can do and That's you can right. learn that right. about them. Right. That is so cool. Oh my goodness, Julie, I think I could talk to you all night, but I know our audience is just going to want to know where they can go to not only learn more about you, but connect with you and probably schedule their own consult with you because they're going to want some scans done. I know it after listening to this. Everything's at AskJulieRyan.com, AskJulieRyan.com, and my, my book links are there. You can get my books. One of my books, Angelic Attendance, is about what happens as, as we're dying, how we're surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones, because, you know, there's so much information about the afterlife and near-death experiences, but not a lot of information out there about what happens when we're dying. Mm. And then my newest book that was released right before Christmas is a children's picture book, Lauren, and it's called Angel Messages for Kids. And it, it talks about how we're spirits connected to a body and what happens when someone dies and how you can still talk to your loved ones, even when they're in spirit form. And it's very sweet. The illustrations are darling. And, and uh, so yes, everything is there. My show is taped on Thursday nights and the call-in information is there and everything's at AskJulieRyan.com. Oh, I love it so much. And, and I should have even brought up kids because we were talking about that before we even got on. But I, we were saying just how um, like children are so in tune. So before we get off, let's, let's, let's touch on it really quick. Let's, well, if you're, I, you're down yeah, for it. Yeah, I had so many moms ask me, they said, oh my God, how does my three-year-old, my three-year-old knows this historic information about, he's telling me these past lives and this kid can't read yet. How, yeah. how does that work? And, and I've had moms say, my, my daughter who's four is telling me that my deceased grandmother is visiting her in her room and she knows information about my grandmother that there's no way that she could know. She knows stuff about my grandmother I didn't know that I had to ask my mom about. Mm. And, and then I get a lot, how do I tell my small child or even my middle school kids and grade school kids, how do I explain to them that 
grandma's body is in the casket at the funeral home, but grandma's in heaven. And they're looking at me like, that just doesn't even make sense, mom. Yeah. So that's why I wrote the angel messages for kids. And it's a picture book. So it's really easy for them to understand. And little children, we all come in with intuitive capabilities. And little children especially have them. And they start to shut them down about the age of about six, seven, eight. Mm. And it primarily from, for two reasons. Number one, they, we, we're not supposed to remember everything from our past lives because we're supposed to have the human experience in this lifetime. Right. And if we remembered everything from past lives, even though it's fun to play with it, yeah, we wouldn't experience, it would change our experience in this lifetime. That's number right. one. Number two, little children have their parents and their teachers and their grandparents and other, other adults say, oh, honey, that's just your imagination. That's not real. Right. And shut it down. So we shut it down. So what I do is I help people open it back up and learn how to utilize those intuitive skills. We've all, we all have it. We've all experienced in our lives at some point thinking of someone and either having them call us out of the blue or text us or send us an email or running into them. Mm. And we say, oh my gosh, I was just thinking of you the other day and here you are. And we think, yeah. what a coincidence. Yeah. No coincidence. Yeah. 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 No coincidences in life. Yeah, I and it's funny to me, you know, the the word coincidence. Like we just use it so freely. What a coincidence! But if you change your percep perception of it into, you know, just a different way of looking at it, you stop seeing anything as a coincidence. That's right. There are no coincidences. Yeah, Everything unfolds perfectly, even if it's something that's not wanted. You know, for gosh, yesterday the tornadoes blew through. Nashville. I have yeah. several friends that live in Nashville. I was texting with them, making sure they were all okay. And, and my heart goes out and everybody's due um, to uh, those people who, who lost a loved one and had, had catastrophic damage from the tornadoes. But everything unfolds perfectly, even a situation like that, that we see as something horrific, because mm -hmm. it's always unfolding. And we can't envision all of the potential outcomes, Lauren. Right. So when we trust that it's all unfolding perfectly, even if it's something that we hate, that we're in the middle of, or it's heart wrenching or whatever, 99.9% .9 of the people that you talk to that have been through some kind of event like that within a, a time period will say, it, on some level, I'm really glad it happened, and here's why. Right. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't have had X, Y, and Z if this didn't happen, yeah. or I wouldn't have known, or I wouldn't have learned, or whatever. So it's it's almost even those darkest, piteous moments of life where it just feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. When you finally get to that light, it's like, oh, I had to go through that. Like, there was a reason. Well, and it, and I use again the another analogy for you. I use the analogy of it when you're when you want to get to the top step of a stairway, you got to climb all those steps to get to that top mm -hmm. steps, right? So everything that happens in our lives is happening for us to help us expand. And when we expand as much as we want to expand in this lifetime, we reach the top step and then we exit. And then we come back and we want to expand and explore something else. New, new set of stairs. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and in this lifetime, fortunately for me, it was not a, a palace stairs, but. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but it's all right. But sounds, like, sounds like I've lived it before. So. Well, in your lifetime, this lifetime is probably way better than your lifetime back then. I, I mean, electricity, you. running water, beautiful Indoor children. Plumbing. I'm oh, with yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm with it. Julie, thank you again so much for joining me today and sharing so much wisdom and light and truth and bringing so much more awareness to this, this new I don't even want to say new topic, but just different realm that we're not always all open to and, and helping us understand it a little bit more. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Julie is one of a kind, and I love how she's sharing her gifts and knowledge. She and I spoke at length after we recorded this conversation, and Julie is one of those people I feel like I could talk to all day. Julie sent my daughters a copy of her book, Angel Messages for Kids, and my girls absolutely loved it, and truth be told, I did too. It's a beautiful and simple way to help children and adults understand what happens before we're born and after death, and it also tells us how we can talk to our angels. Be sure to connect with Julie further. I've linked her website, social channels, and podcast in this week's episode notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I'll see you back here on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.